0: Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean. And also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, hormone harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code MAGIC for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you.
1: By the way, I am the ocean because I'm drinking that water and I'm 72% water anyway. Here's like an amazing concept. Einstein said that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be changed from one form to another. That's like a a mind blowing concept because we think we're creators, but we're not. We're transformers. We're always just taking whatever this moment is that has come to us and then crafting it or morphing it or, or cultivating it or sculpting it into the next moment.
0: Hello, hello Gemma, it is Raquel and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul and you know this Yom season. It just seems like every month I feel like sharing at least one episode down memory lane. And this one in particular was so special. And also, I mean, let me give you a little bit of insight just to paint a picture, which I don't believe I ever really shared before. But when I was in London, I did talk about my teeny tiny studio flat I was in. But in 2018, which is when this conversation took place, I was renting a teeny tiny studio flat in Kensington london and my teeny tiny studio flat had a teeny tiny bathroom which honestly perhaps had the best acoustic i could possibly find in this little space as my flat was ground level facing a street and you could hear voices of people walking by and cars so the only place to isolate myself from that noise was my bathroom so during these conversations i would prop my laptop up on the toilet and sit down on the bathroom floor though i had a dedicated bathroom floor pillow i wasn't that gross i promise but i remember i would sage the bathroom and then i would deck it out with crystals and candles just to make sure i had a very zen space in it teeny tiny bathroom and the toilet was the desk. I'll tell you, it was a time. It's a memory that I look back on. I mean, during it, I remember I was going through quite a dark period, albeit it was my Saturn return era, which was also in a sense my fairy era. But like I said, I was also in a dark place. So There's that paradigm of flying high in my fairy era, but also really experiencing a lot of inner turmoil and dancing with the universe wherever it wanted to take me during this Saturn return phase. And I listen back and I can't help but cringe in some moments. So apparently some people found it endearing and were our worst critic, right? But I look back and at the same time, I'm not totally critiquing her because I know where she was in this head space and in this heart space. And though I can't help but cringe a little, I also want to give her a big hug and let her know everything will be alright and there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and I was always searching and seeking and reaching for light and I think that when I would have these conversations on the podcast or I connected with other yomis, other listeners of the podcast I always found that hint of light that I was seeking and reaching for and so this guest made me feel lit up inside when I was talking with him for a variety of reasons and I do gas him up in the beginning of our conversation and so instead of being redundant and sharing a whole spill on his life his bias, and everything else I usually do in introductions as i do the intro with him in 2018 i'm so thankful to reshare this conversation because i know that there are certain special conversations that get lost or drown we have over 300 episodes now and there're just some conversations that i will be bringing back to surface because i feel like they need to be heard not necessarily what i had to say like i said I thought i was a little cringy sometimes but what david g had to say in his messaging beautiful and so necessary so needed for the human and for the soul and so with all that being said i believe it is time to let the magic begin with david g Do you have birds around you?
1: I do, I'm in my backyard.
0: Oh, <laughs> so cute. Oh, you're outside. I love it. So birds are gonna be a part of this. Sharing the message of this next guest means the world to me. And though he does not even know it yet, He is one of my expanders in deciding to be of service to guide others in meditations and go on a soul-seeking journey to awakening my divine self. And David G. opened that door for me back in 2015. And so I am so honored to be one of the hundreds of thousands David G. has guided in meditation and one of the hundreds of thousands he's transformed into a beautiful way without him even knowing it at all. I attended David G's group meditation at Unplug in Los Angeles during a time when I was experiencing a meditation block. Well, it was just like a resistance phase, resisting to meditate for a long period of time. I remember when I heard international meditation teacher named David G was making an appearance for guiding a group meditation at Unplug. I read this, and I just felt a little nudge to attend the session, and I followed that. And now it's very clear to me why this happened, because his ease and his magnetic sense of humor and deep understanding of why we're doing this, why we meditate, and why we take the time to even, even a short time, even when we're resisting to sit down and close our eyes, why we meditate. And he demystified many concepts for me, many untruths that were just not resonating with me. For example, it's okay to have thoughts during this and you don't have to do it for a full 30 minutes. And he also reminded me the power, the sacred power that meditation holds deeply for us, connecting with our divine spirit, our inner being, so we can lean into the direction of our dreams and live that life that we desire to live with more ease. And I remember after his class, that resistance, that block was finally removed. And I got back into my meditation practice with ease and joy. And so now, if you are not familiar with David G. he is a world-renowned meditation teacher and author of award-winning books, Sacred Powers, Secrets of Meditation, and De-Stressifying... And after a 20-year career in business and the very stressful field of mergers and acquisitions, I can't even imagine, uh, David G. listened to a sacred whisper that guided him on this path of awakening and teaching others to awaken their divine self. David G. apprenticed under Deepak Chopra for 10 years, and his teachings are now practiced in many top Fortune 500 companies the military, and some of the largest police precincts and academies in the United States. Wow, what a resume. I've been carrying his online guided meditations with me around the world for years. In fact, I just wrapped up one of his on Spotify that I let him know of to get into alignment before this interview. So, Yomis, welcome David G. Hello.
1: Woot woot, hello, hi.
0: Hi, hi. A well-deserved long intro, but they needed to know.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, Thank you for all those beautiful things. I'm so excited that we are um, interwoven, you know, that our lives are interwoven, that our hearts are interwoven, and that... um, Really so excited that you meditated with me before we even had our <laughs> uh, connection here, so how beautiful and is that? I've
0: been doing it many times I love that interwoven and your story though your story let's interweave that your personal story that led you toward your spiritual journey. I know it began from working eighteen hours a day in a business suit in the wake of nine eleven <laughs> what and you even witnessed the towers you once worked in drop yes that's Tragic. What was this? What was was this your awakening moment that led you on this spiritual journey? Do you mind elaborating on this experience with our listeners?
1: Sure. Sure. You know, I think um, there 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 are small breaks in the action, and then there are giant ones that that all of us um, share. Um, You know, you even talk about it. um, You know how you connected to ali and you know your your india you know journeys um and even creating you know this um this podcast we all have them uh they are the the wake up moments the come to jesus moments the aha moments we could call them you know whatever you know anything and um whenever these moments come into our lives if we are paying attention uh, and they're not always the kindest uh visits that the divine gives us. Um, sometimes we are, you know, shaken and sometimes we are hit in the head with a two by four. And sometimes, you know, we are just knocked and our heart is cracked open. So many different things. But for me, uh, I think that process really did begin um, with this pattern interrupt of, of 9-11. And yeah, I was, uh, I was, uptown by about 20 blocks watching the twin towers, um, burning. And ultimately when tower two collapsed where I had worked, um, uh, not in the current job, but I'd left there about six months before then. Um, when tower two collapsed, that just like snapped my brain. I couldn't even figure out like what was happening. It was so bizarre. And I was sort of like reeling from that, but my truer, my deeper aha moment happened um, just a couple of weeks later as I was walking downtown in Manhattan past a row of cardboard boxes that people were living in. And this hand reached out from within a box, grabbed my pant leg and like sort of like pulled my face down. And this guy peered up at me and, and asked me, you know, that, that very first question, which was, you know, what's going to be on your tombstone? And oh. I, you know, to, you know, we've all had encounters with unknown beings, but in that moment, I, you know, uh, I was just, it was just shaken. I call those butterfly moments in that moment, everything stopped, all the sounds of New York stopped, the traffic stopped, the footsteps stopped, um, all the people sort of just like vanished. Um, and every single thing in my entire existence just froze and it was just me and the crystalline blue eyes of this guy who suddenly you know began having these deep conversations with me and i believe this is the this was the voice of the divine speaking directly to me through the body of someone that i did not know and this has happened to me several times since that moment but that was probably um the, the most profound moment of, of my life, that was like a pattern interrupt. It was a break in the action. You know, a lot of times we're like trapped in cycles, and we don't necessarily take ownership of those. But in that moment, that gave me permission to break the cycle of everything that I was doing in my life, sort of like introduce this pattern interrupt, and then launch on a on a journey to um, to connect. With timeless wisdom and then share that with other people wow
0: butterfly moments I love that concept that's beautiful and that makes so much sense what did you say? what was your answer when he said
1: you know what he, will be on
0: your tooth and stone
1: you know it took me so off guard, you know, normally, you know, if you ever hung out in New York, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fast paced. There's not a lot of empathy, not a lot of compassion. People are on their own mission, head down, doing their thing. And so, you know, I probably walked past that row of cardboard boxes, you know, a hundred times, but in that moment, I just stopped and surrendered. And, um, I said, (laughs) I said nothing back um he asked uh-huh. several other questions and gave me a little extra you know uh guidance huh.
0: uh,
1: on that process but um you know he was the he was this being who said to me you know uh, go find your sacred powers and like usually people who are you know homeless or living in cardboard boxes on the street um you know, that's not the dialogue that they're usually having with people. That's not the conversation um, that's yeah. going out. Um, and I, I reached into my pocket, you know, to, to you know, sort of like an autopilot to just give him some money. Because clearly I figured that's what, what this was. And he pinned my hand inside my, my pocket and he said, it's not about the money. The answer is in the stars. No. Find your wow. sacred powers. And I was like, whoa. That is not the normal dialogue that you're getting from your typical person.
0: Especially. Yeah. It was like he was definitely planted there as an angel or a guidance of some sort. Do you ever yeah, think, absolutely. why me? Absolutely.
1: And I, th- there were no words. And at a certain point, his lips weren't even moving and there were words coming into me. It was one of the most totally kooked out scenarios that you know that, that I've ever had in my life. Um, And I've had more since then, but that was the beginning of something bigger. And clearly in that moment, um, it was apparent to me that I was meant to do something other than um, advise companies on how to buy other companies.
0: (laughs) And I'm so thankful you are. That gives me chills. Wow. he planted a seed, and I'm I just can't even fathom where your other encounters have been like, but sacred power, so he's the one that kind of came up with this title in a sense of yes. one of your books, yes. Wow. So in Sacred Powers, I know you have five paths of the spiritual journey, five divine paths of transformation. How did this come into your awareness, these five paths?
1: So, of course, you know, I'm fairly obedient. And after this guy gave me my my marching orders, um, I quit my job and I headed off to India um, yes. and uh, in search of the guru and, you know, looking high and low in search of the guru, traveling everywhere and ultimately Um, I connected with um, a palm leaf reader, you know, from a uh, a leaf from a palm tree. There are these individuals who have existed for thousands of years. That's like what you do if you're born into that family. And, um, you know, the, the story goes that on these leaves is the story of everyone who has ever existed and everyone who will ever exist so i went off in search of the they're called nadis he's the naughty n-a-a-i Na-di. and so i went off in search of the naughty the palm leaf reader and so um i searched high and low i traveled through northern india i went you know to dharm with where the you know, thinking it's, oh, it's going to be around the the Dalai Lama, or I went into Punjab, I went to, you know, Jaipur and Agra and Delhi and Rishikesh and Hardwar and all these places. And then suddenly, as I traveled further and further south, so there were just little signs. And of course, I did not speak Hindi, and I did not speak Tamil. I didn't speak any of the languages there. And I was probably the, the, the whitest skin that stood out in every town um, that I went. But ultimately, I got to... Uh, this town, way south in in India, um, where I, where somebody approached me again, and this guy like cut through a crowd, and uh, he spoke no, he didn't even speak Hindi. He only spoke Tamil, and I didn't speak Tamil, and we, we became fast friends. We couldn't understand a word we were <laughs> saying, but I only, the only the only word that we both understood was naughty, and this guy. <laughs> Um, like i like. I picture you guys
0: like shaking hands and like shaking your heads, nodding your heads, naughty,
1: naughty. Right, right. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> we drank some tea together. I spoke for like five minutes. He spoke for five minutes back to me. We kept going back and forth. There was absolutely no understanding of what either of us were saying. We it was just, it was just gibberish, you know, between the two That's of great. us. Great. But, but we felt so. Um, it was a sweet connection, and he was like naughty, naughty, and so we. Um, so we jumped in his car. I don't even know if he was like 16 years old and we jumped in this, this jalopy and drove for hours and hours and hours. And at one point he jumped out of the car and he, he pointed to the, to something, uh, about a half a mile away, this giant rock structure, like a side of a mountain. And he jumped out and he went elephant rock, elephant rock. And it actually looked like an elephant laying on its side. Um, in there, anyway, he took me to the nadi, and it was through my multiple hours of the nadi telling me about my past lives and my current life, and and the moment I would die and how I would die, and my future lives, like all this stuff, you know, every aspect of my life, my health, my finances, my dharma, my purpose, the, my relationships, um, the people, you know, my my father, you know, all the people in my life. Uh, this was just like an un like an unbelievable aha moment after aha moment after aha moment after aha moment. And it was in that um, process that I um, was given the spark that there are these five paths and they are not just existing on the Indian subcontinent, but they exist and they have existed throughout time. The divine principle of one, you know, essentially that that we are all made up of one, the divine principle of awareness that we are this intersection of of dream and possibility and we are the manifestors we are the masters of each moment the divine principle of of rebirth that we all have this ability and we must keep rebirthing ourselves and returning to stardust um, you know, there's that 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 great um, Lao Tzu line, when I let go of who I am, I become who I might be. And we need to all lean into that hard because, you know, that's, you know, that's what perfection is. You know, a lot of people are trying to be perfect or they're trying to do perfect things, but perfection is evolution. It's our continued growth. It's our continued expansion. Um, then the divine principle of infinite flow, you know, that this existence has been going on for billions of years and we are just... You know, a, a ripple in that process where this continuous flow of cosmic energy that began billions of years ago and our existence, your existence, my existence, all of our existence is based on a, a, a never ending energy exchange. And lastly, the, the divine principle of inner fire. Uh, this is the source of our passion, our clarity, our uh, our creativity, our, our courage, our compassion, our forgiveness, our inspiration, our, our purpose, our love, and truly yeah. our sense of, of personal power. So, you know, suddenly I realized this isn't just like some thing that I was told that's an Indian tradition. It exists in Native American traditions. It exists in the Middle East. It, it existed in ancient Babylonia. Uh, it, it existed in, in, in Asia and in China, um, in the oldest civilizations uh, that have existed. And it's existed in rippling through ancient civilizations in Africa as well. So I was like, I need to share this. I need to like... Sh- get this out there and share this with the world. And so I've spent the last 15 years teaching meditation, connecting to people, studying, you know, diving into this whole process and suddenly I figured you know like the, the time is right, the clock is ticking. I got to get busy. I have to share th- this stuff. And people ask me all the time, should I quit my job? Should I dump my spouse? Should I get out of this relationship? Should I take this chance in my life and quite honestly, I- I'm not the best person to- to tell someone what they should do with their life. But, but through these teachings, by awakening their sacred powers, they can step into their best version and make the best decision from that. So that's really why I wanted to, you know, get that message out there.
0: I'm all about that fuss free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that One, I love, I love that you said that you don't give advice and tell people what to do when they ask you, what should I do? Because so many people feel like they are the one that knows what that person should do. But in all reality, we only know within. We are our own inner guru. I fully believe that. That's why I also never answer that when people ask me. So I love your advice is in your book of the divine path. And it goes deeper than just asking the question, then having an answer. It goes deeper. And I want to explore a couple of these paths a little deeper, if you don't mind. I know that everybody should definitely read the book if they want to know all about every single one of the paths. But I'm curious about divine path of one. Why should we go and seek out this path?
1: Well, you know, if we, this is like the starting point for all things. It's the understanding and the acknowledgement that we're not separate from anything. So that's why when people say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling so lonely and I'm feeling so insulated, um, that's all in your head that's all in your mind that's a choice that you've made to separate yourself but the reality is um you know we are we are one. we we learned this when we started realizing that we were polluting the planet you know we suddenly realized oh you know i'm I'm dumping stuff into the ocean oh by the way i I am the ocean because I'm drinking that water and i'm 72 percent you know water anyway and there's you know, I mean, here's like an amazing concept. Einstein said that a- energy cannot be created nor destroyed; it can only be changed from one form to another. So that's like a that's like a, a, a mind blowing concept, because we think we're creators, but we're not. We're transformers. We're always just taking whatever this moment is that has come to us and then crafting it or morphing it or, or cultivating it or sculpting it into the next moment. Yes. So so that's like a powerful understanding. And, you know, he also said that there's the exact same amount of energy on this planet right now, as there was 13 billion years ago when supposedly (laughs) the solar system was even developed. So like, just like drink that in. That's like so intense. There's even the same exact amount of water on earth now as there was then. So we may say, well, wait, well, what about, you know, climate change and global warming? It's all being retransformed into something else you know the oceans the water levels are rising there's you know it's in the water is in plants it's in there were only 3 billion people a bunch of years ago now there's 7.6 billion people and we're all 72% water there's all these animals that didn't exist so there's constant transformation and re you know um repatriation of every single atom of energy, every single cell in existence, and everything is this giant transformation. One of the most ancient uh, lines or teachings, it was in this book called the Mahavakyas. Maha means master and Vakya means sayings. It's about 7,000 years old. And it's Aham Brahmasmi, I am the universe. We're one with the universe. And there's this other phrase, Yatapinde Tat Brahmandi, which means as is the cosmic body so is our personal body as is the cosmic mind so is our personal mind essentially i'm not in the universe the universe is in me and that is like that's the kernel that rests at the very very core of the divine principle of one this divine path of one so everyone we see is simply a reflection of us
0: (laughs) so much is going on in my mind for example it's like when we die, you know, if a matter can't be created or destroyed, then where do we go?
1: Right. And so we also have to acknowledge, well, I'm not just my physical body. So, yes, that dies and turns into dust and goes back into the environment and maybe- Just another cycle. Into tree or, or something. Who knows what how that gets redistributed. But what about that energy that was flowing through us? Just like this energy that's connecting us right now. Yeah. And what, and it's know, going to be happens-
0: transformed and molded somewhere else. Where does it go? Does it go upstairs to my next neighbor in some way? This energy? Like, it's- yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and um, that's why
0: like all messages, all the- you shared this message, uh, the sacred powers, that has been a message for thousands of years, but then you, you took it and you also created it. So we today, the- our modern selves can understand it. And it's like, there really is no new message.
1: Right, exactly. I'm just a translator.
0: Yeah, we're all just just, translators. That's it, it.
1: exactly. And and some people are um, are resonate with our translations. Some people go, "Oh yes, that's exactly how I think of it." And other people say, "Like what? I have no idea what you're talking about." And and that's why we have, you know, that's why we resonate with certain people. That's why we vibe with certain people.
0: Right. But those people that don't know what you're talking about, I realize you planted a seed, and then they'll get it later, always.
1: Right, exactly. And maybe it'll take someone else's translation to spark it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. However, they communicate it because we really do. We all are wearing a completely different lens of perception. And so- you Whatever language you're talking to me right now, like whatever you're saying to me personally right now, our listeners, every single person is going to have a different perception from their different lens in some way of whatever you're saying, though a similar message is still being delivered. Right. Why? Wow. Right. Divine path of one, though. Yeah. <laughs> and divine path of inner fire. So the first one and the last one. Let's elaborate on that one.
1: Yeah, well, this is like a really, really powerful one. Because when we think of, you know, our our inner fire, um, even in the ancient, and and this is so cool, in ancient Egypt, so we're talking about 6000 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, on the Indian subcontinent, so we're talking somewhere between, you know, 5000 to 7000 years ago, in China, um, in Native American cultures, in First Nation cultures in um, Canada, in many of the uh, – in the in the Mayan and the Aztec cultures of South America, and in so many um, cultures woven through Africa, there's this concept of chakras. Now, we can think, oh, my God, you're talking about something so woo-woo and kooky, but it's <laughs> – you no, know, it's true because acupressure, acupuncture – You know, the meridians of our bodies exist. And modern medical science knows that these seven energy centers of our body are actually like the convergence of our circulatory system. You know, all of our blood vessels, all of our um, nerve endings, our neurological systems, um, as well as our immune systems. So when we look at like, where's like the power plant that's sort of running us? It's not our brain you know, brain is just like an organ. The power plant of your body, supposedly, through so many different cultures, is your solar plexus. And they call it solar plexus. A plexus is sort of like um, a giant convergence. So this is a medical term. And solar, it looks like the sun. And sort sort of like, you know, a few inches below your um, your rib cage—that's the, technically the center of your body. That's where the highest concentration of blood vessels, digestive system, immune system, um, nerve, uh, neurological systems—they all converge right there in the center. In Sanskrit, they call that the Manipura. Pura,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and so that's like, you know, that's like the, the the light that shines at your very core of existence, and of course in. You know, Sanskrit, we call that, you know, the city of jewels. But then a little bit above that is your heart center. And so that combination, we know where our heart is. It's really easy. Those two places, your solar plexus and your heart center, they contain your your passion. That's where your passion is sparked from. That's where your follow through, lock it down, get it done. That's where your intention and desire center is. That's your compassion center. Um, You know, this this linkage between your solar plexus, um, which is your power plant, and your heart center, which is your compassion, forgiveness, courage center. The word courage, you know, goes back to, you know, it goes back to like an, an ancient French word, which is cour, which means heart. And so our courage rests in our heart, mm-hmm. our ability to move forward, to, um, to, to breathe in inspiration. This is where our, our lungs are between those two areas, the breath of life, the breath of the universe. So inner fire, you know, essentially is resting in this magnificent uh, launching pad that's deep within us. And you can say it's physically located, say, from your belly to your heart.
0: Yes. And And how do we activate that?
1: This is our passion. This is our purpose. This is our, you know, this is our reason for, for being here. And this is the thing that's always moving us forward. And so every culture acknowledges, some cultures only acknowledge four chakras, four energy centers, but all of them acknowledge the solar plexus, which is like the engine and the heart. Those two are, are recognized by every single culture. So it's like, duh, there's some massive overlap going on here. Um, and okay. this, is our, this is our fire of transformation. This is where we manifest our dreams and desires. Mm-hmm. There's this ancient, um, a- ancient um, poem, really, uh, in, this, in this book called the Brihadaranyaka Upanishads. Um, and um, chapter four, verse four, I'm sorry, book four, chapter four, verse five says, you are your deepest driving desire. As is your desire, so is your will. As is your will, so is your deed. As is your deed, so is your destiny. So we start with our desire. And if we own it, if we step into our power, if we get that crystalline clarity and we move in the direction of our dreams, we can manifest our destiny. And it starts with a spark, just a little spark of desire.
0: Oh, and I love that spark. And I love getting those feelings inside of my solar plexus. That is my where I communicate with my language a feeling of what it feels right, what doesn't feel right, and where my passion comes from.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is where we turn our intentions, our dreams, our desires, uh, into tangible form. You know, so we are the we we are this this giant manifestation machine. You know, <laughs> as the Buddha said, all that we are arises with our thoughts. But if we don't own those thoughts, then it's just some intellectual thing that's drifting in and out. And that's why exactly those feelings. I'm sorry, there's a plane going overhead. That is
0: fine. <laughs> that is fine. I'm surprised that I haven't been interrupted here in London yeah. thin
1: walls. So, you know, we know that, that if we can stoke that fire, our fire of passion in, in, in our heart and our passion in really our intentions, we move stuff from from thought to reality, from concept to tangible reality. I mean, it's so powerful.
0: Yes, And I love how you were able to, for those people that don't connect with this idea of a chakra, that you were able to talk about the scientific elements of it. So other people that are listening and don't understand the flowerly language, or like we were talking about, they can't understand certain translations. There are other ways for us to understand how the chakra in the body works, where it works, and how it flows
1: right right and you know and a lot of people you know listen to that and they go oh, you know it's a little cooked out for me it's like <laughs> okay fine forget all that cooked out stuff we know that's where your digestion is yeah. we know that's where and you're not just digesting food in that space but we're digesting our emotions in mm-hmm. that space we're digesting um, all of our experiences in that space as well. So that's where the fire, we know we have that, you know, the, the the fire within the fire in your belly. We have all those expressions. They're not random expressions. They're because, you know, we actually are cooking stuff inside of us. And that's where the, where, that's where the cooking is. We even know that that's typically the warmest part of our physiology. You know, we have cooler parts of our body and hotter parts of our body. And that space from our belly to our heart is the hottest part of our belly because it's the largest convergence of all the blood flow.
0: Yes, Oh, and in that space, I know you had said that back when you were experiencing a lot of pain and not feeling like you were on the right path that you had a knot in your stomach that was so tight and i love that you said you that could only be washed away by a glass of scotch at bedtime yeah yep. and many of your talks and mine happened to be a cigarette potato chips and vodka by the way <laughs> but for those that are experiencing this now and i really hope that this message is being delivered to them or those that are seeing someone that they love experiencing this suppressing that knot with an external substance what would you recommend they do just one first simple non-intimidating step that they can do today or tomorrow to help them transform their life and unknot that knot
1: this is such a uh, thank you for asking that question you know (laughs) Uh, again, I'll go back to this concept, which is, uh, it's a scientifically proven concept. And yes, it's a spiritual teaching as well, but it's known as the pattern interrupt. And so like, why do we re- why did I reach for a scotch to soothe my wounds to soothe my emptiness, to fill that space. You know, I had a, an emptiness, a pain inside, and I was reaching for something external to numb it, to stop it, to, to move it away. Well, ultimately, it became sort of like, um, you know, a go to. It became an autopilot. It became a conditioned behavior. And ultimately, you know, that can be a, a habit. You know that's how we sort of like get into bad habits and that's why you know further into that is addiction so how do we break that cycle again we, the only way we can ever break a cycle of, ever um, is to introduce a break in the action mm. and so um, i would stress to anyone out there if you find yourself reaching for a non-nourishing behavior on a consistent basis, whatever that is. I'm not here to tell you, hey, you're drinking too much or you're getting high too much or you should get off that you know, those opioids or like, or whatever it is, that's not my thing. But I can teach you and, and we can do it right now, how to introduce just a break in the action so that you're not, your next action after that isn't necessarily a conditioned behavior. Let's you do have it. an opportunity to think for a moment Mm -hmm. and not come from a conditioned space or be driven by chemicals or hormones. We know, just as human beings and as every animal on the planet, when we suddenly experience fear or desperation or a threat, if we interpret it as a threat to our physiology in any way, you know, we're hardwired with a self-preservation mechanism known as fight-flight. And in that moment, chemicals and hormones surge into us. All the good chemicals and hormones suppress themselves, and all this cortisol, adrenaline, glucagon, which is like sugar, surge into us to save our life. I mean, that's essentially what we're trying to do. It's a self-preservation mechanism. But of course, you know, we're not experiencing threats to our life on a daily basis. So anytime we sense an attack on our ego or who we are. Someone says something, we take it personally. Um, something hurts our feelings, something, you know, um, threatens our sense of self or our ownership of something. We do the exact same thing. The chemicals and hormones spark and they surge into us. And so this is why we reach for an extra drink. And then another one it's con- it's just conditioning. And so if we can introduce a pattern interrupt into that process and one of the easiest pattern interrupts that I like to teach is uh, something I call 16 seconds. And it's really, really, really easy. We can all do it right now.
0: Let's do it.
1: So um, we can all just – Think of something that's been bothering you or irritating you this week. Maybe something that has even sparked you reaching for a drink or getting high um, more than is is nourishing. You know, and I'm not not going to, you know, I'm not here to tell you how you should live your life. Uh, And and there is no moral or ethical conversation that I'm having regarding, oh, you're getting high too much or, oh, you're drinking too much. Um, We just, you know yourself if something's nourishing or non-nourishing. And so, you know, if there's something that's been irritating you or bothering you or sparking some discontent inside of you, get clear on it. And now close your eyes and through your nose, take a long, slow, deep breath in and watch that breath as it goes down into your belly. And when it gets there, hold it and watch it and witness it and allow it. And now release it and watch that breath as it moves up your chest, out of your throat, out through your nostrils again, and just keep exhaling. Keep holding that breath out. Keep observing it. Keep witnessing it as it dissipates into the ether. And now open your eyes, breathe normally, and that was 16 seconds. We breathed in for four and watched our breath. We held it for four and watched it. We let it go to the count of four and watched it, and we held that breath out, and we continued to watch it. So those 16 seconds. In those 16 seconds, you were not in the past and you are not in the future. In those 16 seconds, you were fully present. In fact, in those 16 seconds, if you were playing along, you weren't thinking about that irritation. You weren't thinking about that bothersome thing. And that's because you can't be fully engaged in the present moment and be thinking about the past or the future. When we are in the present moment, we are in the now. And in the now, there's no fear, there's no desperation. There's no anxiety, there's no stress. There's only us witnessing in that moment. And so, That's 16 seconds. If you do it four times, it's a minute. If you do it 20 times, it's five minutes. But that can be the break in the action that you're looking for if you're looking to take your life to the next level. So rather than, you know, and remember, at no time did I say, now stop thinking about that irritation. I never mentioned that sentence and I never said those words. All I said was, now close your eyes and watch your breath. And yet you magically drifted from that irritant or that irritation, from that discomfort to the present moment. So we know now that we can control our thoughts. We know now science has proven that we can introduce a pattern interrupts and that will create a break in the action. Essentially a time in, not a time out, but a time in because we've gotten closer into our source. We haven't disconnected from who we are. And so in all these spiritual teachings, they never say, don't do this thing. They offer up an alternative and say, how about this thing? And everything, and this goes back to, you know, (laughs) one of the um, divine principles, the divine principle of awareness, which is everything is about attention, intention, and then action. So simply by drifting our attention from our desire to have a drink drifting our attention from our desire to have the next cigarette, drifting our attention from our desire to light up some weed, drifting our attention you know, from our desire to take another opioid, whatever, the, whatever it is that's non-nourishing. And this could be non-nourishing relationships as well. If we can put our attention on something else, deliver another intention to it, Again, we're not saying to ourselves, I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink. We're saying to ourselves, oh, check that out over there. Let me put my attention on this. Let me bring a new intention to that. And then we take action in that other direction. And so without having to scold ourselves or spank ourselves or belittle ourselves or, or knock ourselves down, we can choose higher vibrational things. And it's bean by bean. It's step-by-step, step. you know, as 12-step programs say, you know, it's, it's, it's one day at a time. But in, this, in these teachings that I want to share, it's one breath at a time. Mm. And even just taking long, slow, deep breaths in and doing that for 16 seconds is enough of a pattern interrupt to change what was a conditioned behavior and introduce another option. Yes.
0: Okay, so my dad... He's 73 and a half years young. <laughs> he's a, he's a Vietnam vet. He was master sergeant for the army. And though he's such a supportive dad, I know he believes what I do is fairly woo woo <laughs> and very foreign. Um, so resistant to meditate. And you know, the, that, that not he uses, he, he likes his whiskey <laughs> every night. Yeah. Um, so he could surely use a tool like this. and. His name is similar to yours, by the way, but a bit more basic, David. (laughs) Um, He's an attorney, and he is the most stressed out and hyper person that I know. And because I love him to the moon and back, and I want him to live in this human suit in this lifetime for as long as possible, I know that with every fiber of my being, that if he just sat down and calmed down one breath at a time and allowed himself to ease his mind into a state of meditation, he would add more years to his life. So what do you right. do to get to these military guys and these old guys that you work with? How do you get them to meditate? How, how in the world do you teach an old dog
1: new tricks? Well, that's why I wrote the book DeStressifying, because that was born from me teaching members um, of, uh, returning members of the Marines in Camp Pendleton in California here. Um, And I never used the word meditation. Um, I called it 16 seconds to clarity.
0: Well, that's everything because meditation can kind of be intimidating. Right.
1: Right. And ultimately um, the name I gave it was tactical breathing. And that was it. That was the shift that they needed. These are guys who had multiple tours in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan They were experiencing, you know, major, massive disconnects, um, trauma, you know, tons and tons of waves of chronic stress. And it happens one break at a time. So we started meditating for 16 seconds a day. That was our meditation. We did it, you know, I called it tactical breathing. And ultimately the name we used for our practice was let's do 16 seconds of stillness and silence where we just, breathed in, watched it, held it, watched it, breathed out, watched it, held it out, watched it. And then we did that every single day, just 16 seconds a day for a week. The following week, we added a minute to it. And then it was a minute and 16 seconds. And we did that every single day for a week. The following week, we added another minute to it. And we did that for 25 weeks. And ultimately, because it's so incremental, because we weren't Saying to anyone, blow up your life and integrate all this new stuff, and we didn't do it in any woo way. We would just breathe and watch it, hold and watch it, breathe and watch it, hold and watch it. And they got comfortable with that thing. And you know, none of us breathe enough, no matter who we are, whether we're we're returning from a war or whether we just even yogis don't breathe enough. (laughs) you know that it's just not enough breathing um, because we are. Sort of like, we're sort of like um, conditioned to hold our breaths a lot when we experience uh, a disappointment or or something that wasn't what we expected. We we don't breathe into it, so we can just start to teach ourselves to breathe a little bit more, and we can do that by talking about sixteen seconds to clarity, or. Ultimately, 16 seconds and a minute, 16 seconds, two minutes, 16 seconds, three minutes, and so on. These guys that I started working with who were skeptical at first, they all meditate for 25 minutes and 16 seconds a day now.
0: And 16 seconds. I love that addition. Wow. Right. <gasps> wow. See, it's the compound effect. At that time, those, those 16 seconds, the first week in that time, it added up. And imagine how many minutes they spent focusing on their breath during those 25 weeks. Did you ever calculate that?
1: No, no, but it's been years now. But that's
0: profound. That's powerful.
1: Wow. Yes, it's so powerful. Because once you realize that you're doing this for you and that it's giving you some value, suddenly the first night that you sleep through the night or even fall asleep, you know, because a lot of people experiencing chronic stress in any form, you know, they're they're suffering from from some type of sleep disorder, whether it's apnea or, or, you know, or, or taking handfuls of Ambien, you know, things along those lines. What we start to realize is that breathing, meditating, connecting to, you know, our breath or connecting to an object of our attention just suddenly starts to allow us to return back to our wholeness. And that's what healing is. It's returning back to that whole, pure, and perfect state that we were when we came out of the womb. But it's been a whole bunch of years since then. So it's really easy to get far away from that balance, from that equilibrium. And these techniques just help us slowly, you know, bean by bean, they help us slowly get back to who we are, where we would naturally choose a more nourishing choice.
0: And we all need that whether we're a yogi or in the military. Wow. I love also what you say in Sacred Powers. Many people see the concept of manifesting their dreams as a fantasy, a lifetime of conditioning, holding them back from taking the bold transformational step. So what does manifesting mean to you and how does meditation open us up to manifesting this life we desire?
1: Well, I believe in the concept of what I seek, I already am. So the moment we say to ourselves, oh, I wish I could have this or do this, that we've already begun that process. We just have to get out of the way. So that's why I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm East Coast, so I believe in goal setting. And I believe in, <laughs> in holding that thing out there. But I also believe in global domination through surrender. I believe that the easiest way for us to manifest everything we want is to plant those seeds inside of us, have them really deeply embedded, and then let go of the outcome and live our best version. Yes.
0: Surrendering is everything. And that also surrendering to who we are at our core, which by the way, I'm curious as a spiritual leader yourself. Why do you think we are here? Why are we in these human suits? Ooh, I know you had a question in there. Who are we, dot, 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 really?
1: Yeah, well, I, I choose to go along with the 12th century Sufi poet, Hafiz. Hafiz. Who said, um, when all of your desires are distilled, you will cast but two votes, to love more and to be happy. So, I believe that w- that's what we're here to do—to love more and to be happy. And and people might say, "Oh, that's so unambitious of you." Mm-hmm. And I would reply to that, "Oh, really? Try loving a little. <laughs> try loving a little more. <laughs> Let's see how unambitious that is."
0: And um, I'm sure we all could love a little more.
1: Yes, of <laughs> course. And we could also receive a little more love. And that can be hard. You know, we have. We have we have blocked love from coming in on so many different occasions and we could be so much more expansive. Um, You know, we like to believe that we're these moral people who know how to do everything correctly and perfectly and how to live life, you know? Um, But how about living in a state of spontaneous openness? You know, how about, you know, truly unfolding, to the connectedness between our individuality and our universality. You know, the oneness of existence. I believe we, we're on this journey to see if we can trust our heart just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Trust in the universe a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then the alignment between our heart and the universe.
0: A little more every day or every breath.
1: Right. I mean, we think about it. Our left hand never battles our right hand. <laughs> they only know how to either do nothing together or work together, but they're never battling. Yeah. And that really, you know, that's that like signifies, that's like an emblem for the, the path of one that. We're here to figure out how do we work together? How do we coexist in every single moment? Not how do we disagree or how do we bristle at each other?
0: Wow. And another thing I know people struggle with is accepting acceptance. And I know so many of our listeners write in our secret Facebook group, their um, struggles with their reality. And you beautifully laid out in sacred powers, these three steps to acceptance, seeing a feeling and willingness. May you elaborate a bit on each?
1: Sure. I mean, if if we think about this concept, you know, like what are we, how do we absorb the universe? I like to think of acceptance in this context of, none of us listen enough. So we can listen with our eyes and drink in every single thing because a lot of times we're just looking at the conditioned thing and we're not seeing everything. And so again, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a form of, of meditation to a certain degree, if we would, you know, actually get to that space. So when we can essentially listen to the world with our eyes, and then listen to a moment, you know, with our physical body. And this also comes back to this concept of, of the source of all of our healing. You know, and I, I use the word wholeness and healing interchangeably. You know, it's it's for us to to do anything, we have to be so in love with ourselves. And I don't mean like a narcissist. Because a narcissist isn't necessarily in love with himself. They're just trying to fill some empty void by making it all yeah. about them. But uh, do, do I genuinely have compassion for the journey that I've taken? you know? And then can I also open my heart to another being? And then this concept of, and can I receive? Can I truly receive this, this world that's coming coming into me. And I think that we block ourselves from receiving. We must allow the universe, but acceptance takes it even deeper because acceptance is an invitation. And that's a whole nother level, you know, because, you know, we also, you know, talk about these concepts of like you know can i accept or do i tolerate you know tolerate is like putting up with something accepting is actually an invitation and that is so intense if we think about the concept of can i invite everything i see into my world can i invite everything that i'm feeling into my world can i invite my next step into existence this is how we this is how we manifest we suddenly eliminate eliminate the barriers that we have between all the things that we again keep ourselves you know separate from and so I, this is why i think our core values are so important this is why i think surrender is so uh, important if we give ourselves that ultimately that permission then ultimately trust starts to unfold and that's you know that's essentially where the magic happens we have to trust that this moment is perfect because every moment leading up to this moment Is perfect. And we may say, but wait a second, no, no, traumatic things happen to me. Horrible things happen to me. I I don't want to like those things. And so I'm not saying we should like that, but we have to accept it. We have to acknowledge that it is the thing that has brought you to this moment, essentially. And once you can make peace with that, and you're like, Yeah, it was pretty horrible, but. I accept it. And everything you could ever want in your life unfolds. Then suddenly you realize you are part of some magnificent divine plan and you are exactly where you need to be.
0: Even the hard things?
1: Yes, because without it, maybe we wouldn't have the resilience to have gotten back up and get us to this moment.
0: Wow. But forgiveness can be so hard So.
1: So it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that we should be like blindly like robots going, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But you, have, but you have to realize, whatever that horrible heartbreak, trauma, disappointment, death, disaster, scarring, wounding, it's gotten you to this moment. And in this moment, we get to take all of that, all that juice. We get to take that and then truly step into a new beginning. And I believe that we have that power. We can move from victim to survivor to thriver.
0: Yes. Wow. Victim to survivor to thriver. I am writing that down over and over. That's brilliant. And the way you articulate everything, by the way, is so beautiful. And I love your rhythm and it's so captivating. I'm like on my, the seat of my, or the edge of my seat. Clearly <laughs> I'm not articulating right now. But, wow. And I also love the way you write, by the way. And I do want to talk about, cause you've written many books. Do you happen to have a writing process and will you walk us through that writing process?
1: Um. Well, sure. Um, I write yeah. every day. Um, I write usually between seven and 10 pages every day. Sometimes it's absolute gibberish. But um, when people tell me that they have writer's block, um, my answer to that is, if you're stuck, then write about your writer's block. Write about how, how frustrating it is to have your writer's block. Uh, <laughs> write a little story about, about being blocked. You still um, know how to write
0: down letters, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, Exactly. Um, I usually write way more than ever gets published, um, so like sacred power most of my books are between like sixty five thousand and eighty thousand words and i 'll usually write about one hundred twenty thousand words you know it's usually about like five hundred pages and then i and then I sort of like sculpt it away. I realize that i've become too too uh, verbose, or I've said that already, or I'm repeating myself, or there's got to be a better way for me to, to get that, you know, get that process through there. And, um, and I just keep paring it down, paring it down, paring it down, paring it down. Some people use the exact opposite mechanism. Some people, you know, are only, you know, they create sort of like the the outline, um, or the table of contents. And then they build, you know, sentence by sentence, they build on that. Um, my feeling is, you know, I'm writing all the time and I'm always sparking new ideas. And so I'd like to put them out there and see how they gel, how they morph together. I never thought I was going to, to write, um, sacred powers in this form. Suddenly it just grabbed me. Um, I don't know. I was going to say, you know, grab me by, by my tonsils, but I don't know how it grabbed me. <laughs> it grabbed me <laughs> some, some thing, and I suddenly I was just writing and writing and writing and writing. And I, you know, I became, you know, really, really absorbed. And suddenly I realized I was writing for like 17, 18 hours a day. And I like to sit out.
0: Wow.
1: You know, what? And it's right, like
0: you're channeled.
1: Right, right, right. It feels like that. You know, I know a lot of people say, you know, it's like, course in miracles or something like that but you know i know it's coming through um i don't know that it's that it's divine again like like i said i'm just taking some kind of energetic flow and putting it into my voice my words and i like to write in a very um like i would talk that's how i like to my editor didn't necessarily in this last book you know i have a lot of you know dot 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 you know um, and the editor I, like,
0: that's the I am too I love the dot dot dots. Right,
1: the editor's like you know it's called an ellipsis and you need to cut it out and I go why and, <laughs> and she said because you have over 700 of them and I was like <laughs> oh, oh well you know I said what's yeah. better and she goes like how about like ending a sentence with a period and then starting a new sentence with a capital and I was like no, no no <laughs> it's a flow it's coming out it's gotta be so <laughs> you know what
0: but that makes you so unique like I, I think that they should definitely keep the dot dot dots because what other book has that? That's what makes it stand out.
1: Yeah. So I've, you know, I, I'm hoping, you know, I want to convey my words as if we were hanging out and talking, and yeah. sometimes just like this, dot dot dot. You know, then my next words will come out, <laughs> and so I'm just trying to really replicate how I how it feels to me when I'm talking to somebody. So, um, so my style has served me you know, I'm probably a lot more, um, free and a lot of people prefer having like, here are the 10 chapters. Let's, let's, mm. you know, write them in order. Um, but you know, like in the middle of, of this book, I was suddenly, I was like, Oh, you know what? I want to write about this concept of the 10 awakenings of the heart. I need to put that down. And I wasn't going to get to that path of inner fire until the end of the book. But I, so I wrote that, you know, probably in the first weeks that I was writing the book. And I said, you know, when I get to the part where we're talking about the heart and inner fire, I know this is going to be there. And originally it was like part of that chapter. And then I said, you know what, it's its own chapter. Let me break out the 10 awakenings, you know, of the heart and go through that process of of listening and, and, and attraction and then fascination and like, you know, moving through that, you know, to, to, to get to, you know, from there to empathy and then into compassion and, you know, get keep building on that, getting more and more deeply um, because, you know, we talk about the word love from everything from I love my, my dog, Peaches the Buddha Princess, to I love the city of London, to I love chocolate croissant. And suddenly we realize, gee, I'm throwing that word love around a lot. Let me put a little yeah. more definition when it comes to how we feel about other people considering that the whole world really revolves around this concept of love, yet no one can can name it or or define it.
0: That actually brings me, why not? I think it's time to do the rapid fire, because one of them might ask about love, maybe.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Are you ready? Oh, I hear a plane. We'll wait till that passes.
1: Yeah, that plane is coming. In it's the di-
0: coming from a distance. Also, I picture, by the way, no, we're going to rewind back. I really want to ask this question. After the plane.
1: It's actually a helicopter. Or, so we or the ahead.
0: helicopter, of course. And they like to, like, wind around in circles right. for a bit, taking a tour. Where are you right now?
1: I'm uh, in Carlsbad, California, the sweet spot of the universe.
0: <laughs> Such a sweet spot.
1: Hey, guess That's what? Actually- right now, it's eleven eleven. so I just wanted to... <gasps>
0: I actually saw we were an hour and one minute and 11 seconds in. I looked at the clock. I was like, oh, amazing. It's 712 here in good old London. Good old London. Anyways. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to do the rapid fire and then actually ask the other question that I wanted to ask a few yeah. questions. Okay. So rapid fire, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, or Neapolitan?
1: Chocolate. Good answer.
0: Dog or cat person? Dog. Again, good answer. Favorite city in the world?
1: Oof, favorite city in the world. It's a tie between London and Amsterdam.
0: Oh, yeah, London's amazing. I haven't been to Amsterdam in a long time. Favorite book?
1: Mm. Um, Well, I guess, you know, it's usually what I'm reading in a given wave out there. But I would say right now, um, my favorite book is Osho's Book of Secrets. It's so like, then you might have – Osho's like, Book of Secrets. Right. It's like 800 pages. <laughs> Chock full.
0: So you're taking your time with that one? <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> you might have answered the next question then. Book you're currently reading, if any.
1: Um, it's one of the books I'm reading, but I am always reading the Bhagavad Gita.
0: Mm. Always. Always. That's right. You've already given like 500 away or something. I, huh?
1: I am constantly buying them, giving them away. And I'm always, I have one in like, I have one in my bedroom, my bathroom, my dining room, my kitchen. I even have one in my, <laughs> shed. I have one in my car. Cause, <laughs> cause I want to be able to just like suddenly like sit down and, and just open it up. Like the I Ching, just open it up and read it, read a verse and go like, Oh yeah. Oh
0: and yeah. So, That's brilliant. What version do you read?
1: Um, Probably my favorite version uh, that I'm reading, um, probably right now, is the Eknath Eswaran, E A S W A R E N. Eknath Eswaran's translation is one of the most beautiful, poetic, and modern. Um, although, you know, I've, I've enjoyed so many different versions um, and I've bought so many different versions. I love Paramahansa Yogananda's version uh, translation as well and Sai Baba's. Um, but Eknath, E-K-N-A-T-H, E-K-N-A-T-H Iswaran is like, oh, it's so, it's so beautiful.
0: No tid. You said poetic and I am sold. I'm not familiar with that one. I love it. All right. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a child?
1: um i wanted to be um a uh, astronaut
0: of course why (laughs) not
1: i know it's it's pretty weak and my mother wanted me to be um a doctor and so both neither of those have happened
0: (laughs) that is so original mom wanting to you to be a doctor (laughs) you wanted to be an astronaut oh wow wait speaking of original is your real name david g
1: Um, here is my, here's the, the the one minute version of this. All right. Um, after I came back from India, I went out to, um, California and I, um, re bumped into Deepak Chopra. And I said, listen, I have all this amazing turnaround business experience and you're like this unbelievable spiritual master. How about we do like a little exchange here? And, um, you know, I'll provide guidance to help your, um, spiritual center grow and expand. And, um, you know, you sort of like, uh, put me in a place where I can meet amazing people and study and do whatever. And he was like, okay, sure, let's do it. So I became the, the COO and, um, his partner at the time was Dr. David Simon, a neurologist who was like an amazing Sufi master and a brilliant Biblical scholar and one of the like the the deepest meditation. He he was like a in the TM movement for like twenty years, um, and um, so he and I became fast friends. But we started hanging out together constantly, and so people would come up to us or call from down the hall um, all the time. Hey, David, and. Uh, We would both turn our heads around. So after about six months, Deepak and David sat me down. It was sort of like an intervention. And they said, listen, we can't handle the David thing. We've got to just like, it's too distracting. Every time someone yells David, David Simon turns his head around. And it's not for him. It's for you. And so we want him to be David. And they said, we're going to name you David G., and I said, you mean like the letter G, like a 12-step program? I'm David G. And Deepak goes, no, 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 J-I. It's a term of reverence in Hindi. It means beloved. And I said, oh, my God. My mother named me David because in the Bible that means beloved. I'm beloved, beloved. <gasps> beloved. <laughs> and beloved. So that was That was 2003. So like beloved squared. And so since 2003, I have gone by that name.
0: I love it. And you also don't capitalize the D.
1: Right. Well, what happened was after like a couple of weeks, you know, where people were, you know, referring to me as the beloved, and it was getting a little weird for me. And so <laughs> I said, you know, I am not the beloved. I'm any <laughs> So I'll take that capital D down to a small d. And, oh, um, that's great. Yeah. So there's a couple of companies, you know, E.E. E. Cummings, um, Lululemon uh david g there's a couple of you know lowercase
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm all for the lowercase to be honest like when i write i just love to not have capital letters in there unless maybe i am referring to the universe
1: right other than that
0: i feel it i feel it i love it okay what activities make you smile most
1: um Taking peaches the Buddha Princess, my mindful morky to the beach at low tide, where she goes wild racing up and down and, and trying to chase crabs and we go to the tide pools, and I um, can run on the beach because it's real you know the sand is pretty hard at that point, so that is like my number one favorite thing in the world i've post Whenever it's low tide for like three or four days, really, really early in the morning between like six o'clock and eight o'clock, um, I that's my Instagram posts are only peaches and me on the secret beach. Um,
0: that's amazing, that's true happiness and love right there. Everything we're living for, right? That's so great. Um, and I also, you're a TV watcher, right? A big TV watcher,
1: I'm a TV addict. I love it, and I I love that you
0: own it as a spiritual leader. Like I love that you own that.
1: I consider myself a professional, so yes, I'm like I'm. I'm watching lots of TV, and I learn so much from it, and it's very, very deep uh, for me.
0: Yeah. Um, What are your favorite shows?
1: Well, um, one of my shows that recently um, the season ended is Homeland. And, of course, that used to star Damian Lewis. Um, that's on HBO. Uh, that's on Showtime, actually. Um, but I saw it while I was in London. Um, I saw a little snippet of it, so it's on something else. Um, but also, um, I got the opportunity to see Damian Lewis in a play uh, in London last year actually flew there to see him in a play. Um, <laughs> and I watch him in the TV show, which is HBO's Billions with Paul Giamatti and Damian Lewis. And mm-hmm. that's like an amazing show. Uh, what else do I like? Um, is Homeland uh, also HBO? Uh, Homeland's Showtime oh. and Billions is HBO. But Damian Lewis is like an amazing British actor who he's like um, you, Laurie. Like there's no trace of an accent. So you think this <laughs> guy is you. so totally like born on the East coast. Um, and meanwhile, he's just like, such a brilliant actor.
0: I love it. I'll Google him.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shows of mine that have just ended their seasons. I hate that. Um, <laughs> like the blacklist just ended. Um, and um, it must be like, it's another helicopter. It's so exciting. <laughs> here. Um,
0: but activity
1: um, in Carlsbad? Yeah. I do. I watch a lot of, um, Netflix stuff. So Ozark on Netflix, unbelievable. Is that um, Jason Bateman? Yes. Yes. Did you see that? No, I'll have to. Oh, I've been oh. really bad. I've just been just into one comedy season, It's just one season. He wrote, directed and stars in that. And oh. that's spectacular. Um, and Laura Linney's in it also. Um, there's some great, real great um, male, female, Shakti, Shiva energy in that um, as well. Oh, and amazing. on Amazon Prime, um, Goliath starring uh, Billy Bob Thornton. It's also really just a great, great. Um, it was only one season, so I'm a big fan of that.
0: I hope our listeners are enjoying these shows too. I love it. Um. Oh, ooh, I like this next one. But now... I'm sure, since you've had some time to meditate on it, you might know the answer to it now. What would you write on your tombstone?
1: Oof. you know, um, it changes. It changes a lot. I'm sure. Um, but I would, you know, you know, the answer is like, you know, sort of like we could take it a little further and say, like, what would you like your legacy to be? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I would like, I would like pe- people who knew me or connected me to uh say you know i love the fact that this guy um gave me permission to um to hashtag bsu blow shit up (laughs) you know and and really live the life of my own design that that would be my greatest
0: that maybe that could be on the tombstone bsu
1: yeah, that would be it. See, a lot of people think it's like it, hashtag BSU. You, if you go there on Instagram or Face Facebook, people think it's like Ball State University, which is <laughs> like some college in the United States. Um, but um, whenever you see, uh, when I'm using it, it's not. It's nope. you know we need to we need to constantly evolve. You know, on Osho's tombstone it says "Never born, never died," and so that's pretty amazing.
0: Oh, never born, never died. Whoa, that's all of us.
1: (laughs) Right, yes, absolutely.
0: The one divine. Wow, all right, ready? Yeah. Define love.
1: If I have to define it with just one word, uh, I was. I, I would use surrender.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if I had to define it with more than one word, probably. Um, well, you know what? That's it. I would just use the Sanskrit Anahata. That's the that's the Sanskrit for the for the heart chakra, and Anahata means unstruck. So imagine something like a bell that's unstruck it's pure Mm -hmm. and infinite right because because that when it is struck that that gong that bell that vibration could be anything but something that's unstruck is almost like pregnant with possibilities you know pure potential in that moment and it's it's so pure because it hasn't been stained or tainted Uh, so I would say you know anahata unstruck
0: That's beautiful. I love the double answer. I applaud it. Oh my gosh. Define life.
1: Oh, define life. Sealed in this flesh casing (laughs) for the span of a lifetime.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. In this flesh casing.
1: Right? That's it. here we are.
0: Brilliant. Define God.
1: Define God. Well, you know, there was a time when I, when, the God that I believed in was a, was a scolding and a spanking. Yeah. God, and then I had like one of these like epiphanies where I said to myself I actually get to determine my god my god is is loving my god is forgiving my god you know has given me multiple chances my god is rooting for me so i think god is the universe rooting for me and i would and i would like to expand that to everyone when i think of god i think of like like the galactic cheerleader <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm oh, my galactic cheerleader. <laughs> I love that. So this galactic cheerleader gave you free billboards to share one message across the main highways in major cities all around the world. What would these billboards read?
1: Be here now.
0: Oh, that was quick.
1: Well, I just saw the billboards open up in my in my mind's eye with those words on them. <gasps>
0: Well, that's clearly what the Galactic Cheerleader was showing you, so you could say this.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> I
1: love that. Right, and I think it would be so cool to be like driving, and the first one is B, and then suddenly you hit the next one, and it's here, <gasps> you know. And the next one is now. Oh
0: my gosh! So. Okay, if I become when I become a millionaire someday, that's happening. I love it. Um, You walk into a time traveling portal to see 16-year-old David G. And back then, David. What would you whisper in his ear to prepare him for his journey ahead?
1: Don't second guess yourself so much. You really brought me into like this very, very somber, intense, Ooh. you know, moment. Thank you for that. That was like really intense. I suddenly I suddenly transported myself to that moment. Wow. And I've never had a conversation with my 16-year-old version.
0: Well, that's something you should consider exploring.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. All right. <laughs> this last question is one that we ask all of our guests how would you advise our listeners to create their own magic
1: i would uh tattoo someplace on your body hashtag i trust and if you're not going to do that <laughs> then embed it embed it so deeply into you as a daily mantra um because like right now i mean think about it right now there are shooting stars all over the place and it's like daylight for me. And I know it's probably coming up on nighttime for you, but they're shooting stars everywhere and we just don't see them, which means there's magic unfolding in every single moment all around us, but we're just not seeing it. You know, our eyes may be closed to it or maybe there's a wall in front of us and we're not seeing through it. And so if we can just remind ourselves every single day in every single moment, I trust, I trust, I trust, you know it comes back to that In every moment is a choice between a grievance and a miracle every single moment and we always can choose miracle and we have to know we can only do that if we trust so i trust
0: and i trust
1: embed that deeply within
0: i love that i trust i think i will actually get the tattoo like you said with the with the <laughs> hashtag it's not the same without the right. hashtag
1: Oh, no, absolutely must hashtag it. And as a way to start, you could probably just Sharpie it on your skin just to see how no, that first. feels for a couple Definitely. of
0: Definitely. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll get it. I trust in What is it in Sanskrit? Do you know? I'll add to my Sanskrit tattoos.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but be careful. You want to make sure it's the right thing.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have one tattoo that says Ahimsa, but apparently it's missing a little... Slash. And so when I went to India. I didn't know this until I went to India, and I had it already on my skin for about six months. And people that speak or that can read Sanskrit told me that it actually says Ahima, so uh-huh. walk it around with snow instead of Ahimsa.
1: I think that's beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I embrace the winter. Why not? Anyways, so. Do you mind now that we're at the tail end to guide us into a meditation? I would love to. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I would love to. And I'd like to make it just, you know, a little, um, not kooky, but um, there's a beautiful uh, 26 year, uh, 2600 year old um, mantra. So created it at the around the time of, of the Buddha, around 600 B.C., and um, the, um, this mantra will um, help people to trust, this will help people to merge with the Divine, this will help people to heal. Um, any emotional wounds <clears throat> so let's get comfortable because remember comfort is queen and we always want to get as comfortable as possible yes. when we meditate and together let's take a long slow deep breath in through our nose long slow and deep and gently let that go and allow our eyelids to gently float closed and again, another long, slow, deep breath in. And gently release it. And now just watch your breath as it flows in and as it flows back out. And maybe you hear the birds in, in my garden. Just allow yourself to be transported to this very, very safe space. And now we'll silently repeat a mantra, but first we'll start by saying it out loud. And the mantra is om ah hum. Om ah hum. So let's everyone say it out loud together. Om. Um, ah. Hum. hum. And that means perfection of mind, perfection of speech, perfection of heart. And if perfection's a little too intense for you, you can always use tranquility of mind, tranquility of speech, tranquility of heart. And if you're not sure what that means, then you can use peace of mind, peace of speech, peace of heart. Om, ah, hum. And now whisper it. Om, ah, hum. And now begin to silently repeat the mantra to yourself over and over and over. And as you repeat the mantra, om, ah, hum. It may get louder or fainter, faster or slower. It may become jumbled or distorted. However, changes don't resist. Simply continue to repeat it over and over and over. And when you realize you've drifted away to thoughts or sounds or physical sensations, ever so gently drift back to om, ah, hum. Let's just stay in this space for a few moments here. And now take a long, slow, deep breath in and gently let that go. And let's try that one more time. Long, slow, deep breath in and gently release. And now let's celebrate our oneness, our union, the fact that we are indeed merged with the universe in every single moment by chanting om just one time together take a long slow deep breath in feels comfortable you can slowly open your eyes you can look around at all those who you share this collective consciousness and you all share this with whatever the birds were that were hanging out in that my was garden amazing during-
0: to hear the birds during this amazing. and the construction they- cat in the back <laughs>
1: yeah we have that beep beep beep, as well as every single bird.
0: It ended up harmonizing with the birds, I swear. I don't know if it was just because I was in that state, but it was all a beautiful musical uh, time space. I love that. Yeah. I loved that meditation. Thank you so much. And for your time, it's so valuable. And you're so valuable. Where can everybody find you online and on the physical plane? Because I know you do a lot of events what's coming up for you?
1: Well, you can always visit me at d a v i d j i D-A-V-I-D-J-I.com. And uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash flow of love. And that's also David G, but flow of love is the actual URL. And on Instagram at davidgmeditation. And I'm sort of everywhere, cruising everywhere, but you can visit DavidG.com, and have access to hundreds of free guided meditations. So um, they're out there. I encourage you to find the meditation that resonates with you. Themes from stepping into your power to letting go of what no longer serves you to merging into the divine to manifesting your dreams and desires. Pick it. All the good Um, stuff and so and you listen to me on spotify so i'm um there's something out there everywhere <laughs> there really so, is so party on and remember that we transform the world by transforming ourselves so we have to keep leaning in the direction of our dreams
0: thank you david g and i'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes namaste nice well thank,
1: thank you so much for inviting me and thank uh, all of your listeners. For, uh, hanging out with us and thank you for the work that you do it's it's spectacular and always remember the power of your ripple because you're helping to transform lives every single day by the work that you do so thank you for that
0: thank you thank you so much namaste 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 <laughs> oh man i feel like repeated that it's so funny how he says it i love how bubbly he is namaste anyways <laughs> I love also what he said, we transform the world by transforming ourselves, and we do this. Well, one of the most powerful ways of doing this is meditating, and how glorious was that meditation with David G, and the birds, and of course the construction, but it was still beautiful. Let's all just soak in David G's magic. Thank you so much, so much for tuning in.